What's going on sports fans? Got another good one for you today. Today I'm going to be going over the initial college football playoff rankings, giving my thoughts and opinions on that. But before we get into that, just want to go over a few things I saw on Monday Night Football and give my takeaways from that game. So let's get into it. First things first, the Rams look like legitimate contenders. They're coming off their bye week a few weeks ago. They beat the Seahawks 23-16 last week and beat the Bucks 27-24 on Monday night. While both margins of victory weren't very large, they're two wins against two Super Bowl contenders nonetheless, and now has the Rams at the number two seed in the NFC playoff picture. So very, very big wins for the Rams. Um, the shocking thing about the Monday night win against the Bucks was not that the Rams won. While some people were giving the Bucks the edge in that game, both teams are very good teams and expected to be uh, a close game. But the Rams only had 37 rushing yards all night. Now, Tampa Bay has the best run defense in the NFL, so it's not shocking that the Rams finished with 37 rushing yards. It's shocking that they finished with 37 rushing yards and were still able to win the game. Um, a lot of people thought going into that game the Rams were going to have to create some type of run game to be able to keep Todd Bowles and that defense from blitzing Jared Goff like crazy. But they, they weren't able to create a run game but they still got the win. Jared Goff ended up throwing the ball 51 times, completing 39 passes for 376 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Now, two interceptions sounds bad, but I I don't really blame Jared Goff for um, the two interceptions. Well, like I don't think they were really bad interceptions. Um, the first pick was the Jason Pierre-Paul. Timing was just off with Daryl Henderson on a screenplay. Daryl Henderson broke flat when Jared Goff thought he was going to keep, you know, getting deeper, and it and it just went straight into JPP's hands. The second pick wasn't a bad throw at all. Safety Jordan Whitehead just made a really good play on the ball. But other than that, Jared Goff had a really good game, and in part to Robert Woods and Cooper Cup going off. Um, Robert Woods finished the night with 12 receptions, 130 yards, and one touchdown. Cooper Cup finished with 11 receptions, 145 yards. Um, it's the first time, first time in Rams history that two players have had 10 plus receptions in a game. And to add to the Rams' dominance, they finished the game 10 for 13 on third down. It just seemed like every time the Buccaneers got the got the uh, Rams backed up in a third and long, third and manageable, third and short, it didn't matter. The Rams just had an answer for it which is really surprising against the defense as well put together as the um, Buccaneers defenses and how, um, well, while the Rams offense is good, it's not prolific like a Chiefs offense. So you really didn't expect them to have that much success um, like they did against the defense of that caliber. But they were able to they were able to pull it off. And um, another significant thing about that game was that the Rams were up seventeen to fourteen at half. Um, that means that the Rams um, continue their streak of not losing game when leading at half since Sean McVay became head coach of the team in twenty seventeen. I just think this speaks volumes to, of how well of a head coach Sean McVay is and how well coached that team is. They're just put together very well. We've seen Sean McVay lead them to a Super Bowl already. Um, we know they came up short against the Patriots in the lowest scoring Super Bowl of all time. 
But, uh, I mean, it's not out of the cards to see them back there again. I think they're very much capable of doing so. They have all the talent. They have more experience now. And the way the how favorably the sports world is looking upon L.A. teams this year, it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see the Rams get there and win it. Um, they play the 49ers at home next week. I'm expecting them to go in there and win that game. Um, the 49ers are not as much of a threat. Um, just because of injuries, but I expect the game to be closer than most anticipate just because of how well um, of a coach Kyle Shanahan is and how gifted of an offensive mind he is. He's going to find a way to put up points on any defense. So I'm expecting the game to be closer than people anticipate, but the Rams still get it done. Um, Another takeaway from that game was Tom Brady didn't look good, and he hasn't looked good in a couple games this season. Um, and I'm expecting a few more, but it's Tom Brady. You can't count him out, and he doesn't stay down for long. Um, Tom Brady finished the game 26 for 48, 216 passing yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Unlike Jared Goff, both his interceptions were just bad balls thrown by Tom Brady. Um, first one being an under throw to Chris Godwin over the middle of the field. Tom Brady just didn't see the backside safety and it, it was a pick. And then the other was an overthrow on a seam route to Cameron Braid on the final drive of the game. Um, very un-Tom Brady-like for Tom Brady. He um, He's one of the clutchest players to ever play the game of football. And for him to throw a bad interception like that on a potential game-winning drive, it, it, was, it, was, it was very shocking to see. You really didn't think that was going to happen. Tom Brady finished the night 1-for-9 with two interceptions on passes 15-plus yards down the field. And while Tom Brady is coming from an offense where throwing the ball deep down the field just wasn't a thing he did in New England, he just threw checkdowns a lot. And it won him six Super Bowls. There's no harm, no shame in throwing checkdowns. It, it won them games playing safe and not turning the ball over. But Bruce Arians' uh, style of offense is completely different in New England. In New England, Tom Brady looked short, and if it wasn't there, if it was covered, then he'd look deep and try to hit someone on a deep ball. But in Bruce Arians' offense, it's the opposite. Um, he looks deep, and then he, if that's covered, he goes short. And while Tom Brady is the the best quarterback to ever play the game, he's still going through growing pains. I feel like I think they'll get it ironed out. I don't expect Tom Brady to play bad um, long. He doesn't normally have bad games back-to-back, and I don't expect it to start happening. Um, but, but just something to keep in mind, Tom Brady, although how great he is, he's still going to go through growing pains too. Um, the Bucks have been inconsistent throughout the season, kind of like Tom Brady. It's really dependent on Tom Brady's play, how well – that team does, but I don't think it's re- you like I'm ready to hit the panic button yet. The team they're uh, they they got pieced together this off season. They haven't had a lot of time to to make rapport and to create um, chemistry, and I think they can certainly do that through the rest of the season. And so when they get to the playoffs, they will be a better suited team. And I think they're learning from all the mistakes they're making now, and it's just going to make them a better team down the road. Um, The team is very well put together. Their defense is strong. Their offense has all the weapons you could want. So I expect them to continue their 
dominant ways. This is just a little bump in the road. And you, you can't really fault them too much because the Rams, they're like I said, they're a legitimate contender. So losing to a really good team like that by only three points and you had plays in that game where you could have, you know, made better plays and had the outcome be different. You've got to, if you're on the Buccaneers side of things, you know, you hate to lose a game, but it's not the worst way to lose a game. And um, th- I think they'll come back stronger. They play the Chiefs at home next game. And while they they struggled, well, not really struggled, but dropped this game to the Rams, I'm still expecting that game against the Chiefs to be a really good one. I think the offenses and defenses of both teams match up well against each other. And it could be a potential Super Bowl preview. I'm really looking forward to see how well um, Patrick Mahomes handles the pressure and looks that Todd Bowles is going to give him and um, how well Tom Brady and that Buccaneers offense can bounce back. So moving on to our main topic, the first college football playoff rankings came out yesterday, and I got a few things that I want to talk about. So the top four are Alabama at one, Notre Dame at two, Clemson at three, and Ohio State at four. And I got just a few things to say about the top four before we get into the rest of the list. So I think Alabama is the rightful number one. They have wins over number five, Texas A&M, and number nine, Georgia. They've looked dominant in every single game. Um, They kind of struggled with Ole Miss for a little bit, but they still won that game by double digits. And Mac Jones is is the leading candidate for Heisman right now, and he's he's probably going to win it. Um, The team just looks pretty unstoppable right now. Um, Notre Dame at number two. Fun fact, every team to start at number two in the initial playoff rankings has won the last four national titles. And I hate to break it to you, Notre Dame fans, but that, that streak's going to end. I don't, I don't think Notre Dame is a national title winning caliber team. Um, I think they're really good. Um, and I'm not sure if they're going to make it to the playoff or not. I think Clemson went healthy and Clemson will likely be healthy when they see them in the ACC championship. I think Clemson wins the rematch. And so can you put Notre Dame in if they only have one loss and it's to Clemson, who's a really good team? I I I really don't know. Um, I think Notre Dame would be fun to watch in it because obviously they're good enough to compete with Clemson. But I think when Clemson's fully healthy, they get the edge over them. I'm not sure how they'd compare to an Ohio State or an Alabama or any of the other top 10 teams. I definitely think they're a really good team, but I don't think they're a national title winning caliber team when you look at these other three in the top four. And... Um, Moving on, Clemson honestly is surprised at number three um, over Ohio State. I can understand why the committee did this. Um, Clemson has proven they can hang with a top team in Notre Dame, even with a backup quarterback and a few starters out on defense. And absolutely dominated a top 10 team in Miami earlier in the season, 42-17. to But just surprising that they put one loss Clemson over an undefeated Ohio State. And I can kind of understand Ohio State has two wins against two ranked teams. 
um, or at least they were ranked at the point when they beat them. Penn State, who obviously had no business being ranked at the beginning of the season, and then they beat Indiana last week. And they, they kind of struggled with Indiana. They got up early on them, and then Indiana came roaring back and just couldn't get it done at the end of the game. But um, Justin Fields didn't look good in that game, and I think if Justin Fields struggles against good defenses like Indiana, and if he does something like that against Alabama or Clemson, that Ohio State won't be able to pull themselves out of that hole. So I can kind of understand why they put Clemson at three, but just honestly very shocking that an undefeated team um, like Ohio State, who has a win over a really good ranked team, is behind a one-loss Clemson. Um, So moving out of the top four, I think the committee completely disrespected BYU. Um, BYU has looked dominant in every single game they've played. They've only had one game within one score, and they beat number one or number 21 Boise State at the time, 51-17 to a few weeks ago. They they can put up points. Their offense is prolific. It is an amazing offense to watch. It's an amazing team. They're fun to watch, and they're dominant. And I get they don't have a really tough schedule, but they're making best of what they, what they have. They're blowing out everyone they play. And it, it, it was just really surprising to see them as low as they were on the list at number 14, um, especially seeing in the AP poll that they were number eight and now they're number 14 in the initial rankings. Really surprising to me. Um, A team I think is ranked too high, Northwestern ranked at number eight. I know they're coming off a big win against Wisconsin this last weekend, but I just think number eight is too high for a team that just hasn't impressed me. They've had a lot of close games except for their week one game against Maryland. They haven't looked dominant. And I'm looking for a dominant team to be my number eight team in the playoff <clears throat> rankings. And to put them at number eight over a team like BYU who's look who's undefeated and looked so dominant in all their games is is just really tough for me. I mean, I get it. Northwestern has a big win over um Wisconsin, but it wasn't like they won it handedly. Um, they beat them 17 to 7. And while Wisconsin's a really good team, BYU has just looked dominant in all their games. So, I mean, it's kind of a toss up. I, I can kind of see why the committee put Northwestern there, but I just, I think BYU belongs in the top 10. I think Northwestern's a definitely a top 15 team and if you swap the two I'm perfectly content but I think it's just hard for me to accept the fact that Northwestern's over BYU because I think if you put the teams against each other BYU wins it but that that's just my personal opinion um moving on lower down the list I think UNC ranked at number 19 over Coastal Carolina at 20 is a travesty honestly is UNC has no business being over a team of the caliber of Coastal Carolina and honestly I wouldn't mind if UNC wasn't ranked because I don't think they're that good and here's why they have two wins against two ranked opponents 
one against the Virginia Tech team, who at the time was number 19, but also at the time had half of their starters out because of COVID. And then they have a win against NC State, who was ranked number 23 at the time, that I don't think had any business being ranked in the top 25. I really don't. So I there are two ranked wins, um, air quotes around that, don't really mean much to me because they, they, they weren't real ranked wins. I don't think NC State belonged there. And I can't count you as beating a team when half their team isn't there. But that's just my opinion. And their two losses are two really bad losses. They weren't by large margins, but they lost to two really bad teams. They lost to a Florida State team who at the moment is 2-6. and six, And then they lost to a... Virginia team at the moment is four and four combined eight and eight. I'm sorry, you have no business being in the top 25 when you have two losses to two bad teams like that, and especially don't have any business being over a team of the caliber of Coastal Carolina, who is undefeated, having only one win less than double digits, which came against number 21 ranked Louisiana at the time. They beat them 30 27, and they destroyed Georgia State 51 to zero a few weeks back I don't care how bad a team is and Georgia State's not a bad team they're not they're probably better than Florida State let's (laughs) um that that would honestly be a fun game to watch but I don't care who you're playing if you beat your team you beat your opponent 51 by 51 to zero you scored 51 on your opponent at will scoring 51 points in a football game is impressive on its own but to not let your opponent score a single point not to get a field goal touchdown not like go anywhere near scoring a point is just amazing no matter what level of football you're playing at and for coastal carolina to do it against a pretty good team I think just speaks volumes to how well they play football on that team. I love the brand they play. They play a physical style of football, and I it just really upsets me to see UNC above them when I don't think they have any business being there. I think UNC should be anywhere from the 25 to 20 range, um, preferably lower on that if they even belong in the top 25. Only time will tell. They'll probably drop a couple more games, drop out of the top 25 so this argument won't be relevant for long but I just think the initial rankings kind of upset me because Coastal Carolina is a much better team than UNC Um, and I also have some problems with Tulsa at number 25 Um, not that Tulsa's an awful team I'd just much rather see a 7-1 Louisiana team that's only loss was to a Coastal Carolina team who the committee believes is a number 20 ranked team by three and over a Tulsa team that's 5-1, and one, but I can understand why they put Tulsa over them. I mean, Tulsa's only loss was to Oklahoma State, their first game of the season, 16-7, to and since have, be- have beat a UCF team that was number 11 at the time and an SMU team that was number 19 at the time. I think SMU's a really good team. I don't think UCF had any business being that high in the rankings. I think that was just going off last year, but... I mean, I get it, but I'd I'd much rather see Louisiana there. And in fact, you know, you can keep Tulsa and Louisiana there and just drop Carolina off completely because I think both those teams beat Carolina. I don't think Carolina's that good. I don't think they're a top 25 team in the nation. They have a really 
they have an offense that can put up points, but their defense is awful. I don't like they they belong in the Pac-12 the way they play defense right now. It it they have no business, no business being in the top twenty-five, and. Um, that, that's really it. Um, other than that, the list is, I'm kind of, I'm pretty okay with, I think Georgia at number nine, although they have, they have two losses is kind of high. I'd like to see them maybe a couple spots lower, maybe to a Miami team whose only losses to Clemson, um, or Indiana whose only losses to Ohio state. And other than that, I've looked really good. And they competed with Ohio State within seven. So maybe see Georgia a little lower, but that's pretty much my only grievances with the list. Um, I think not the the list at this point really doesn't matter because it's going to change uh, a whole lot going forward because we're going to see some upsets. We're going to see teams like UNC drop a couple more games and you know make their way off the list, and then you'll see new guys on the list. Um, that's pretty much it for today. Let me know what your guys' thoughts and opinions are on the initial rankings on Twitter at Jesse K. Bellamy. And I will see you guys next time on The Blitz. Thanks for listening, and remember to follow on Spotify. Spotify.